It's me, Marjan Carlos, your host and favorite auntie, and you are listening to your favorite auntie show, brought to you by Cash App. We're a new kind of advice show that you actually listen to, not as authoritarian as your mother or as infantilizing as your big sis. Think of me as your virtual confidant. Today, we're talking to pop culture maven Evan Ross Katz. The podcaster and author may be more obsessed with Real Housewives than me, if you can dare believe. We're going to be talking Roni, Bravo Verse, and Just Like That, Season 2 and 3, and Celebrity Breakups this summer. So let's just get into it, shall we? But before all that, Auntie needs to pay a bill. So a word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Cash App. With multiple tools for saving, spending, and sending, Cash App is an all-in-one way to stay in control of your money. But what happens when life takes an unexpected turn and you find yourself losing control? You may be surprised to learn that Auntie is kind of a control freak. I love a plan, and I try to be prepared for anything that could go wrong. Blame it on my Virgo moon and rising or having spent most of my 20s and 30s in a tailspin over my career, finances, love life, friendships, and general life plan. But fretting over losing control is what we call future tripping, where we worry about something that hasn't even happened yet. We think by over-engineering our lives, we can predict the outcome. But actually, we can't predict what will happen at work or who we'll fall in love with or whether we will be friends with certain people. Then again, a great way to stay in control of your life is to stay in control of your money. So download Cash App in the App Store or Google Play to see why it's the number one finance app in the U.S. App Store. So on this week's episode of This Week's Mess, I kind of want to talk about something that's very personal. And it's this idea that I've been thinking about a lot that, you know what, I don't always love being 40. And I feel like I can be honest and vulnerable and just admit that. Um, sometimes it just hits you in a different way. It hits different. I think there's a lot of like, I, I don't know, ideology around the fact that being 40 is like this huge monumental life stage. And it is. But I don't think people really prepare you for what that means. You find yourself feeling as if you're aging out. And it happens very quickly. Even though I do not feel old people will make you feel old and you start to realize how youth obsessed uh, culture is. And I think for women, especially, that's very, very difficult to metabolize. Um, You realize that people are, well, culture is obsessed with like the younger version of something. Always. We are constantly pushing over this message that by the time you're 30, you should be a CEO or you should be the president of some company or you should be on Forbes 30 under 30. I mean, there's just an un, like a built-in pressure to be successful by the time you're 30, which was, as we know, next to impossible. It happens, but also careers are linear and life is not linear. So anything can happen and it has so many twists and turns. But I think also like I just wish that someone in my 30s had sat me down to be like, you know what? You may not feel old. You may not even look old when you're 40. But like as a woman, things start to speed up very quickly. If you want to have kids, like all of a sudden, it's all about time. Like if you don't freeze your eggs by this cutoff date, it's a wrap. And it's like this really frightening message to kind of live your life with hovering over your head because you're trying to achieve all these dreams and you're trying to be yourself and you're trying to give yourself space to just live on top of 
<laughs> also thinking about the future and realizing, hey, if I don't somehow find 15K, I'm never going to have kids because I'm not married or me and my partner aren't there yet or, you know, I don't know what kind of complications I'll have by ha- trying for, for kids later. That doesn't mean that you can't. I'm just saying it's it's much more difficult. So it, I don't know. All these things together, there are just days I wake up and I'm like, this shit's not that sexy. Like people always say to me, oh, Marjan, you make it look so good. make it look so fun. And I'm like, you know what? If I... I don't ever feel like I want to redo something, but I do feel like I have to impress this upon my younger listeners out there that shit comes at you really fast. So with that said, I don't want you to feel duped. I don't want you to feel like someone's pulling the rug up from under you. Um, And it may not feel as freeing or liberating or as empowering all the time when you're comparing yourself to people who are 10 years or 20 years younger than you are, you're vying for the same positions or opportunities or people are trying to maybe even put you out to sea or pasture. And you're like, I'm just getting started. So I think there's like this competing energy that I'm, I'm constantly up against. And sometimes I'm sitting here like, nah, could be 39 again or 38 or something like I I I would never want to go back but I don't know I it's it's just something that I have to continue to work on auntie's not perfect I'm still a work in progress y'all so that's this week's mess Today, I'm sitting down with pop culture maven and, according to Mike White, the most valuable hype man in TV, Evan Ross Katz. Evan Ross Katz is a writer, podcast host, and cultural commentator. He is the author of the book, Into Every Generation, A Slayer is Born, How Buffy Staked Our Hearts, a contributor for New York Magazine's The Cut, and has had bylines in British Vogue, GQ, Harper's Bazaar, Interview Magazine, Oprah Magazine, and more. He hosts the podcast Shut Up Evan and co-hosts a Survivor-themed podcast called Drop Your Buffs. He was named one of Fast Company's most creative people in business in 2021, but didn't make the cut in 2022. Flop. Hi. (laughs) Hi. I'm just imagining people thinking that that's you inserting calling me a flop. (laughs) That is in his actual bio. He says flop. Yes. You gotta be self-deprecating, you know? No, I I appreciate it. You're like, listen, you never know it could happen in 2023. It could. You know? It'll never be 2022. <laughs> you know? It's okay. Big Beyonce game. didn't win album of the year. You know what I'm saying? You're right. Okay. As far as like <laughs> metrics that have not been met, that is like the one to sort of let all of us know that like we're doing okay. Yeah, we're all doing okay. It's like, you know what? Sometimes Things are against you. Yeah. And it's not the work that you put out. And you can still thrive. (laughs) Exactly. You can still thrive. I'm so happy you're here. I'm happy to be here. We did this in the fall. Yeah. In your apartment. Yeah. A few glasses of wine. (laughs) (laughs) We got fucked up at dinner. (laughs) We really did. I was thinking about that. That was a fun night. It was fun. Chris came and we just talked shit for about, it was White Lotus at that moment, was Mm -hmm. occupying our thoughts. Now it's, and just like that. Roni, I don't know what else you're kind of 
getting into. That's like, that's what I'm into. Yeah. And I'm worried about the future because <laughs> I feel like the impacts of the strike right. for right. fans right. are going to start to be felt in the coming weeks. Yeah. And when the Ingest Like That finale concluded, I was like, wait, what's my next <laughs> thing? And I was like, I don't know what it is. It's, there's Roni, there's Salt Lake City. I don't know if you ever. Yeah, yeah. I, okay. I've, I, can we swear? What's that? Can we swear? Oh, okay. Oh, oh. <laughs> I wouldn't have a show without it. I fuck with Salt Lake City. I obviously was super excited about Challengers, the film. Okay, Lost right. that for now. Right. Um, but yeah, Salt Lake, I, I really feel like we're going to be extra reliant on reality. Extra. For the, for the, for the foreseeable future. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and then I feel like a Potomac trailer is on the horizon. Potomac is on the horizon. Um, I don't know if you watch Gilded Age. I might start. I just love it. It has all of the ingredients of something that I need in my life. So I feel like it's a recipe I just haven't, you know, dove into quite yet. But I think I'm ready. I love it. You just work novel. That's the dorky side of me. Mm-hmm. Where I'm just like, ooh, give me an age of innocence and like a corset. And like, mm-hmm. I'm ready to go. I get it. So I definitely say get into it because you're right. That's probably the last time you're going to see Miranda. Oh. <laughs> For the time being, at least. <laughs> Yeah. Although she's heterosexual on Gilded Age, right? Yeah, she's like a um she's an auntie. <laughs> and she <laughs> she's like one of the cool aunties um that takes in Meryl Streep's daughter. Mm. Yeah. Okay. She's unmarried. Okay. Putting it on the list. Yeah. I feel like I only have one season to catch up on, so I can get there pretty yeah, quickly. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's okay. like ten episodes, so it's not a lot. Cause it, it was it was a budget. Mm-hmm. There's a budget involved. Mm-hmm. Um but we need to back up and talk about Max's other show. Yeah. And just like that, season two. The Crown Jewel. <laughs> Shut up, Indy, no Crown Jewel. <laughs> it's a Crown something. <laughs> it's got the Crown Jewel budget. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, that is I, true. Yeah. W- I don't know where they put all the money into exactly, but I would love to get your thoughts on the season. Um, when it was renewed, I was like, How? But I, your face says, you know how. I mean, I don't know what I would have done if it weren't coming. And I mean that with like, yes, I mean that with hyperbole, but I really do mean that like, I don't think I could have, if this is what the show is, I could not feel complete after 21 episodes. Like it (laughs) needs more. Um, How much more? So I get that there's like a Twitter joke right now that's like, I hate and just like that. And I need 500 seasons. Um, I'm somewhere in the middle. I could use, let's do like, I don't know, because part of me is like, it depends on where we go with three, because if three is different, it could be get four. Like, I, I really like, I'm sort of, let's take it one season at a time. That's a really big bet on a show that, hasn't really delivered mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. any capacity. <laughs> well, it has delivered in the sense that it's given people like you and I Fire. much to, I was going to say think about on some level, but like much to talk about. We have a lot to talk about. Um, that's for sure. Because I mean, I listened to some of your podcasts about like your interpretations of it and everything. And it's like, and to your point of like, I would have not liked this to be this series finale. Like, yeah. There's a lot of unanswered questions. Like, yeah. I completely agree with you. But from like 
it, it was kind of so uneven because there were some episodes where I was like, this was really good. And then there were other episodes where I was like, I can't do this right now. And I don't know where we're going. Yeah. Because there's a lot of things that are like incomplete. Like the editing's incomplete. The acting is incomplete. And there was, you said something of like, there was an interview with a drag queen who was like, yeah, um, a Canadian drag queen. I forgot her name. Like Anna Vanna Wintour or something like that. Oh, Trana Wintour. Trana Wintour. Yes. Okay. And she made the comment that it's a show about nothing. And I was like, yeah, I agree with that. It's a show about nothing. Yes. They're- yes. It's funny, though. I just rewatched the second film, which yeah. is also a film about nothing. I mean, so there is some lineage here. Um, yeah, I mean, not a lot happens, but I think that the show is relying on our collective love of these characters. Yeah. Um, some of whom we do love, some of whom we did love, some of whom yeah. we're growing to love. Yes. I think it's a little too reliant on that, though, because I still need... What, like, where is Carrie going? That is such a great question. Where is she going? Carrie needs a career. Uh, Period. You know what? I think that's actually a great point. She doesn't have anywhere to go to during the middle of the day. And these brunches and these lunches and these dinners. The thing of what is missing for me a lot in this remake is they don't go do things. Yeah. Like, yeah. the thing about Sex and the City was like, oh, wow, if I get to New York, I could go to a magazine party. Right, there I was, could, yes. could go to this new restaurant or a fashion show or something. They don't do anything. Yes. And to your point, too, it was like, there was all this stuff going on that they got to be a part of. Yes. And now it's sort of like, what's the stuff? Because, like, that restaurant... When, so when the, when she first linked up with Aiden and she went in the wrong restaurant, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. when she walked in there, yeah. it should have immediately been like a... I don't think this is where I'm supposed to be. Not only that, but like, if this is where I'm supposed to be, I'm not supposed to be here. You know what I mean? Yes. And yes. the fact that she just was like sitting there in the back of the restaurant, I was like, is there a, like, is there a joke coming? Like, is this restaurant right, right. supposed to... Is this an Il Cantonore from like the original <laughs> show? Like, is this a deep cut? And it wasn't. So I feel like it sets things up, but then it like doesn't go anywhere with it it doesn't it doesn't go anywhere with it and there's a lot of moments like that where it's like okay so what now i mean after the the podcast is panned or shut down or whatever she's just like and then i had a friday afternoon or thursday afternoon to myself and i was like well what's next and I, we never answered that question. So I agree with you. I think she definitely needs a career. And we, she did write the book, but we didn't even get a book tour. We didn't get a book tour. Did she make the New York Times bestseller? I also feel like <laughs> this is where I grapple with like Carrie's level of fame because what? I always thought she was super duper famous on Sex yeah. and the City. Yeah. But then the show sort of like, it, it, it's un, I'm unsure of how famous Carrie is, but like a book about like grief is yeah. like, Pretty dime a dozen. As someone who like thought about pitching a book about grief, it was sort of like been done before. Okay. And also it's like Carrie comes from extreme wealth. Yes. So the idea of like this extremely wealthy, marginally famous person writing a book about the first year after her husband died. Yeah. I'm like, I feel like Joan Didion like sort of cornered the market on that. Like what, what is Carrie from a publisher's perspective? Like what is Carrie adding to the canon of grief books? Um, I don't know because we didn't really, we only got a little snippet Mm -hmm. of the, I guess it's like a former it girl. Yes. Her life goes up. Yeah. Because her man had a heart attack in a 
But it's just like the way I see it, like, which totally I get that. Right. But it's like, she's just so f- wealthy that like, you need that like extra thing of like, husband died and gave all of his money away. Right, 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 right. So that she right. all of a sudden is without husband and without every, all the comforts that were brought on by their lifestyle. Right. Because there's a, I agree with you because there's a lot of things that are soft and light to her life because she doesn't have that added stress anymore. Yes. And like, I think, yeah, I think one of the, so, so there's nothing that happens on the show. hmm and then I think there's the other element of just like how low stakes everything is. So for instance, it's like Carrie needs to move because Aiden selfishly refuses to set foot back in the apartment. And she's like, oh, I'll just buy a four bedroom in Gramercy Park. How much do you think that that house was? The Gramercy Park? Yeah. I think about 16 million. Shut the fuck up. I would guess 16 to 20. That's crazy. Because it's so, it's such specific real estate because yeah. it's on the park. Yeah. It's multi-level. Right. Sun-drenched. Yes. Although, did it bother like you? Yeah, I mean, come on. <laughs> when Miranda and Charlotte came over, they like walked in the great room and were like, great, this is great. And it's like, let's like see the kitchen. Right, let's right, right, like right, 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 go right. out back. I'm assuming there's a backyard. Let's like go to floor number two. I was like, we need like a full, because the show loves real estate porn. It's like, yeah, give us our porn. Remember that? The first apartment that she she moved into on the first season of Andress Like That. Oh, my God. The CGI one. I fucking loved that. Yeah, I mean, that was a good one, too. <laughs> I was like, where that, is that? Was that Hudson Yards? It might have been. I think it was definitely on the water. It was yeah. definitely, like, in a certain pocket of the city um, I was living. Do I need Carrie Bradshaw in Gramercy Park? No. I don't get it. I don't get it either. There's but just a lot of, like. Not like she needs to be near work. <laughs> not like she going to an office. Yeah. She got everybody fired because yeah. she wouldn't say vagina, even though she's a sex columnist. Wild. True. Remember when Seema was telling her about the sex she had and Carrie's like, um, can we not do the sex talk while I'm eating my sushi? And it's like, have you, like, girl, have you watched the show you yeah, were on? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, what which show are we talking about? Like, and it's also like, she was talking about having sex. She wasn't like, it wasn't like graphic details. It really wasn't. And I it's also she... like your friend talking about the sex they just had. Like, you should be able to eat lunch. That's while they literally tell you. why I invite friends to Yeah, lunch. like literally, come on. You're <laughs> about them having sex. It's like, so. Seema, push back on this. <laughs> yeah, no, there's just a lot of things that feel forced or un, un, um, like complete, not completely thought out. Yeah. You know, like there, cause let's even talk about Seema for a second because Seema as an actress was in Mississippi Masala. Yes. And, and, um, Kama, uh, Kama Kutra. <laughs> Kama Kutra? Why am I saying this wrong? I don't know. Wait, Kama Sutra. Oh my God. I was oh, like, I'm oh, Kama, you don't know Kama Sutra? Mm-mm. It was a movie in the nineties. Um, about what you think it's about the the Indian tantric sex and she's like the main she's a princess you you need to go watch okay, this homework. like she is an incredible actress incredible I feel like she's completely underused and slash awkward in this role I mean but if we're gonna talk about underused let's talk about Ms. Nia Wallace because I feel like that's the real underuse of the season do you think she could be a breakout like a spinoff? I mean, I feel like oh, so nine. I would wait. I would be more prone for an LTW spinoff. Uh, sorry, I was thinking about sorry, sorry. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, because yes. the Naya spinoff, I'm sort of like, well, no, we're no, no, at no, Columbia. No. We got the law. I don't know. LTW, absolutely. LTW is a spinoff. Yeah, but I feel like on the one hand, it's like 
I love how robust the cinematic universe is. So I'm doing a story about this and I'm counting every single named character on season two. And I think I'm up to like, I think there's what like 85. So it's like, if you, if the character has a name, so like your Bitsies, okay. your Toby, yeah. your, you know, and I think there are 86. I have to like, do, I'm not, the math might not be fully mathing, but in that ballpark, okay. 86 named characters in season two of this show. Okay. It's just wild. Like this show can't keep focus because right. it has two. I mean, the fact that we got introduced to uh, Che's new partner, Toby, in episode, I'm, I think, nine. I'm impressed you know their name. Yeah, I mean, no, I I, I, I didn't much. know Toby's name. I literally was like, who is this person? And then when Toussaint from, I think it was like episode two, pops up in the finale. I liked that, though. I did, too, but I'm like, the idea that, like, we that we're supposed to remember this, and then Naya, who might by the way, months have passed on the show. This is also true. And I'm just like I hate the ontological like ontology of this fucking show. Like it's there's wild. you cannot follow it for anything. No. It's it, like, and then it's like, oh, we're going to the Hamptons. No, we're not going to the Hamptons. Oh, I'm gonna oh, I'm packing up and I'm leaving to go to Virginia. And then we open the next episode. Oh, she's back from Virginia. It's like, wait, what? Did she go down to Virginia? She went to Virginia. That's where she met the boys. Okay, so she, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. She went, I thought she meant on the season finale, yeah, the season finale she went to Virginia. I was like, no, I don't think she went to, okay, gotcha. Yeah. It was between, I think, nine and ten. They uh, don't like her. The kids? Yeah. I don't like those kids. I don't like those kids. That I mean, Wyatt. Brat Wyatt. Yeah. It's like, you know, Meredith Blake in Parent Trap, and she like, she like <laughs> arrives, and she's like, we need to ship those kids off to Timbuktu. I'm like, yeah. I need, I need, this is why we need Samantha, because I yes. feel like we need Samantha to like give Carrie the perspective of yeah. like, you don't have to love your boyfriend's kids. You don't. Like you can acknowledge them for the brats they are, at least Wyatt. Wyatt's definitely a brat, and he's a problem child. I, I, I just feel like, and he has kids that are 17 and 20. Yeah. I was like, oh, Tate okay. is 20. We met Tate in season six. We did meet Tate. He was really cute. Yeah. Was really he cute. was such a cute baby. Yeah. I just don't think that that's like, I, I don't think Aiden's the one for her. And at least not the way that he's been written now. And I just feel like the five year ultimatum, that for me, they're, they're, I mean, they're older. Yeah. Five years can, they're, Things can happen in five years yeah. when you're 56, 57. Okay. I, I'm just, I mean, so any question, time in your life, really, I'm just saying that. Yeah. But I mean, specifically, like, you just, you need to think of that house as you just bought as a great investment. You need to decorate it the way you want to decorate it. And you need to start dating again. Yeah. That's what, I, was, that's what I would say. That's my auntie advice to carry. Yeah. Because waiting for Aiden, it's just... He ain't coming. He's not coming back, right? I don't know. I, it's like, it's such a bizarre place to land. It's a very bizarre place. Do you think that she would have, after everything that she's learned in life, when it comes to relationships, to love, all that stuff, would she really waited for someone five years? Not the Carrie that I know, no, exactly. but I'm also sort of like, I continue to reconcile with the fact that the Carrie of and Just Like That and the Carrie of Sex and the City <laughs> are two different characters. Both excellently played by Sarah Jessica Parker, but two different characters. I love Sarah Jessica Parker. I worry that there's too much SJP and a little too little of Carrie Bradshaw. Interesting. Well, I think that is, could also be said of Miranda Hobbs. A period. 
Because I was like, Miranda wouldn't be awkward about being woke. Yeah. Miranda was the woke one of the crew. Yes. She was the one who was like, guys, uh, stop saying shit like that. You're yeah. embarrassing. Yes. Me. And they said inappropriate things all the time. And her being like, oh my gosh, my professor's black. That's so weird. Like the first episode, I was like, that wouldn't have happened. Yes. It wouldn't have. No, very strange. I think that this is like one of those unusual instances where like they've played these characters for 25 plus years. Yeah. There is an attachment that like we could never understand having both not being actors, but also having that yes. like rare opportunity to like the, the attachment that they must feel to these characters. Yes. I think it's like, they can't help but suffuse their identities into the characters at this point. Right. Right, right, but right, 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 right. To your earlier point, it's like, I just miss the antics. I want New York Fashion Week on and just like that. Yes. I want the things that go on in this city, the the myriad things and experiences yes. and festivals and concerts and theater and blah blah blah. I want that all to be represented Period. on the show instead of, you know. Brunch at I don't know. It's crazy. I, it I don't even, know. I never know where they are anymore. I never know where they are. And like I, they were at Essex market, which someone had to tie even right. Not, not that I would recognize Essex market, but I'm like <laughs> for a show that's like New York and, and makes such a point about shooting in New York. Yeah. You would think that like, we are New Yorkers. We go out and about. Yeah. You would think we would recognize some of the places that they find themselves. And I'm constantly like, where are they? I was a hostess at pasties. Okay. Why do you think I was a hostess at Pesties? Yeah, you got to look around. I was a hostess at Pesties because Carrie went to Pesties. Mm -hmm. Okay? And that's like... And if Carrie goes to Pesties, that means... Yeah. And that was in like 2004 or five mm -hmm. it, during its heyday. So it's just funny to me. Like you're saying, it's like we don't have those places that you check and you're like, I'm going there. Yeah. Or I'm going to go to this store or I'm because where did they, they went to like the real, real, like fake, the fake. Yeah, real, the real. fake. Yeah. And it's like, don't do that. Don't no. get in. Don't get in there. No. Like, take me to a real store. Take me to like the fake Kierna Zabet. It's also strange having Carrie act like she's like a kid in a candy store, at a place like the real deal. And it's like, <laughs> Carrie. <laughs> like. You're not shopping consignment. Like, don't pretend. <laughs> don't pretend you're shopping consignment. And when she, like, when she came in with all the Bergdorf bags, I didn't see, I was looking at all the shoes and, like, what was of relevance and what wasn't. And it just was, like, I only saw one pair of shoes that I felt, like, was really, like, you're on it. Mm -hmm. In the same way that she was on it when she was younger. Yeah. Look, the, the, the costuming is a whole other... It's, it's a whole situation. It's a situation. And you know what? They've gotten away a little scot-free so far with like not being, no one's really saying the thing that I think a lot of us are starting to like. You don't think any, I think they got dragged. I don't think they got dragged the way they could have been dragged. What, what, <laughs> what do you think people are starting to say? I think they're starting to see that like, sure, we have some recognizable, you know, some things we love. We love, you know, we love seeing our, the Dior saddle. Yeah. We love seeing, you know, Naya in the Loewe sweater. Yes, we love LTW had some incredible looks this season. Yes. But we're tending to be over-reliant on Valentino, Dior, mm -hmm. Oscar de la Renta, the brands that we know. Mm -hmm. And this was a show that it wasn't 
always so centered on brands. It could be, but it was really about mixing it up. That's true. She did. She was very high low. I think the latter seasons were very, very focused yes. on because she would have a full look. Yes. On. And I think that was archiving when they would go for the big yeah. brands. It's like, don't get me wrong. I love seeing the Loewe balloon shoes, but it's very current. And granted, you could say, well, she went to Bergdorf Goodman, so she's going to come back with what's there. Sure, if you want to do realism. But, you know, when you, I think about like someone just recently reposted Charlotte in like the Prada lipstick skirt, which Aww. was like from like 94, 95. It's like they, Pat was like really saying, this is the brand that we're going to dig. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show you my, the, my job. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I pull. I pull and I know what the girls want. Yeah. And I didn't know I needed, like, I remember when she wore the Donna Karen blue, like, cloud dress. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know. It's just, like, a prescience there that's that's missing. And, like, and even the Loewe balloon shoes, that's kind of, like, those are so mass in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not, like, a niche moment that you would have been like, okay, I need this. Yes. I, I, and, or I don't know how I'm going to get that. Or I already have it. Well, that was that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she already got the, which yeah, by the a, way, I which, forgot. which by the way, like I, that's not a good feeling. Like no. I want, I don't no. want to be ahead of this show. No, I agree. Like, I think that's like why I like when it comes to housewives, I want aspiration. Yes. I don't want it to look like my apartment. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why we that's loved, like, Lisa Vanderpump, Lisa Vanderpump saw a house yes. back in the day. It yes. was like, no, it was not a normal way to live life, and that was the fun. It was like she literally lived with, like, swans yes. outside her front door with a glass door. It's, like, insane, and that's the point. Everything was pink. Yeah. And, like, yeah, and she just had beautiful draping views yeah. of, and she had a pony. Yeah. Her taste was awful, her but that wasn't was- the point. Right? Like, it wasn't, like, aspirational shouldn't always be tasteful. <laughs> like, like, this is very true. It's, I, I, I guess I'm coming to, to like, recognize that, too. Um, so I, I think that's why when I saw, like, Miranda, like, living in a sound room, I was like, we can get you an apartment, girl. Yes. Also, I, I okay. What's that? I, we're Brooklynites. Yeah, yeah. And so Naya is a professor at Columbia mm-hmm. living in a two-bedroom with one, with the only, with one bathroom that's mm-hmm. in one of the bedrooms, I just have a hard time understanding that. <laughs> Either I, they would have a normal uh, apartment where right. the bathroom is accessible to all. Right. Or I feel like she would live in a place that, I I, I don't know, I have a hard time with that. I Am mean, I overanalyzing? No, no, no. I don't think you're overanalyzing. You're probably right. I mean, where does she live? Fort Greene? I don't know. Clinton Hill? I I'm, I'm I was wondering about that. She always lives in Fort Greene or Clinton Hill. Clinton Hill. I, I, something about it felt very like Brooklyn Heights, Cobble Hill, yeah. Carroll Gardens. She's over the bridge. Yeah. She's definitely over the bridge. She's a lot of wood. And a lot of wood. <laughs> but a great space. It's yeah. a it's a great space. No, it's a great space. I would definitely say those locations. Now, I don't what's up? What's up? But what like you, what are you about to tell me? <laughs> but, like, what are you about to tell me? If Miranda's living in that space, mm-hmm. it's like, shouldn't, shouldn't Miss Carrie with her four bedroom in Gramercy Park be like, Miranda, come stay with me? Oh, right. For now, that would, would make sense. I don't want to see that, though. Oh, no. Me I want yeah, to yeah, see yeah. Miranda act like an adult. I want Miranda yeah. to get an apartment. I want her to 
you know, just kind of, cause Miranda was a hard ass. Mm -hmm. I want her to be a hard ass again. She's letting people off the hook that are actually like ruining her life. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what, why, why and how that came to be, but like, and why that was a decision. But I just, I don't know. Like she was the first one of them to buy something. She's like a very like badass practical person. Totally. Her working at the UN isn't far stretched. It's probably late. So I just want to see more from her. Like get off the couch. Get off the couch. You don't love that boy that much. No. You know, I'm talking about her son and. <laughs> well, that son needs to like. All, the kids oh, on the show all have like issues. Uh, yes, they do. They're all, they all had a moment and then they were forgotten about. Listen, I think one of the things we could ditch with season three is kids. <laughs> I think we could be done with the kids. I think so too, because they kind of get in the way of the fantasy. I'm just, I'm not, that's not like a, a shady thing. It's just don't think that they're written well enough. Yes. So, cause it's like, no, we could do a fam family drama, but that's where, um, LPW? LTW, LTW. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's where her spinoff would come from. I was going to say, it would need to be spun off because at that point it's like, we've already got seven leads on this show, which is, you know, <laughs> as lot. Housewives fans, we know that's it's a big balance, yeah, it balancing it act. Is. Is. And then on top of that, it's like, everyone's got their spouse or their lover. Yeah. But then you also have like your Anthonys, for instance, who are not one of the core seven, but like get entire plots, you know? <laughs> so it, it, there's so much ground to cover we can't be doing Ralph Lauren shoots with rock. No, no, no. On a trampoline. No, no, no. And like, I mean, I loved the costume of, of Harry dressing up. I mean, that was amazing. But even like that, even them going to the Halloween costume party, like that setup was, it was really sloppy. It's exhausting. It's very exhausting. I think to keep up with all of the storylines, if they're not going to be well-developed. Yes. Now, can know? I ask you a question? Sure, what's up? So the original show mm -hmm. is known for its lack of people of color. That yeah. was like one of the predominant things that the show was dinged for. Yeah. So they come back with this new show. Yeah. They're like, we're going to give you the three, three of the four leads from the original, uh -huh. and we're going to add four women of color to the cast. Okay. Do you feel like the show has done a good job of addressing its past? How do you sort of situate the original show and what the new show is doing? You know, it's giving, the first season was so cringe. It was like, we are at the altar and we are, we, we are hoping you'll forgive us for our sins, mm -hmm. you know? And you know, it doesn't take long. It's like, we have a whole rap sheet that we could go off. Samantha dating the black guy who worked at Tommy Boy Records or Ghetto Gold or, you know, any number of insults and lack of representation. They didn't get it right. I mean, they just didn't because honestly, maybe these women just don't have women of color in their lives in a full way. And I, cause I think that's the actual real thing that white women struggle with is having like a true 3d <laughs> person of color in their lives to have a, a true friendship with. And I think that that was played out accurately, you know, in the sense of like, I don't know what to say. And it's like, but you gotta have to see me as less of a, a stand-in for all of your neuroses and and I'm supposed to do a lot of emotional labor and like assuage you that you're not racist, you're not prejudiced, like all these types of things. Um, but that's not a real friendship. Mm -hmm. That's a give that I you're taking, you know? And I think that like now 
you know, and as much of culture has become fatigued with diversity, I think the show is kind of becoming fatigued because they're like, oh, like, do we have to keep this up or no? And I'm like, no, what you need to do is like see them as fully formed people. Mm -hmm. Why were they not at LTW's anniversary party? Why was it just Charlotte? Like, that's how you become friends with somebody when you're in, like, you you meet their parents and you meet their children and, like, go over to their house and, like, you, I mean, that's just normal shit. Like, you, they don't have to stand in for something mm-hmm. for you. So I just feel like that part is really disappointing. And I wonder if we should have just kept it as it was. Like, just keep their world as it, as it is. Mm. That's my it's interesting because it's like, Thinking. had they done that, it would have it would have seemed like a real fuck you to any of the criticisms of the past. They, they say that to us all the time. But what's interesting to your point is it's like, I wonder if it was something in bringing on four women of color to this show <laughs> that was perceived by so many as being incredibly white. Yes. In feeling like, because a big criticism I keep seeing is feeling like, these are like each white woman was assigned a woman of color. Yes, that's exactly what. And it I felt think like. that it's like rather than because LTW to me is the most interesting of the she new is. characters, and I feel sometimes that if they would have just focused more on Carrie, Miranda, and Charlotte, and then bringing on a Samantha replacement, we don't, we don't, right. maybe we don't use those words, but like that's the but truth. That's what it is. We've yeah. got a fourth chair to fill, mm-hmm. and if that would have been LTW instead of, and no disrespect to the actors, but instead of Seema, Naya, and Che. I think we would have had more focus and I think it would have, we would have had been able to build out instead of an LTW spinoff, create more of a fully fleshed out world for LTW because right now I think we're, we're scattering screen time. Yes. No, I completely agree with that. I think that that would have, and and that's a part of humanizing Mm -hmm. somebody because that's how you would become friends with somebody who's like-minded to you. You'd be like, why don't we go to a movie or a play or you come over to my house or whatever, rather than like these kind of, like you're saying assignments, like you're, it's like a buddy system and I'm going to, you know, like we're on a field trip together and like, yeah, yeah, no, I completely agree. I, I, I do think LTW is great. I think she's great comedic timing. Ari Nicole Parker's made so me good. really, really laugh. And when so few of the people on that show have made me laugh yes. this season. She's fantastic. No, she's great. And you know Susan F- Fails, Falls Hill? Mm-hmm. She, like, executive produced... Did she executive produce the whole season or couples? Okay. Whole season. I, f- I could feel her presence in certain moments. And then I couldn't in others. Mm-hmm. And the ones that I could feel it, it was so strong. Mm-hmm. It was like, that's that different world. That's that Cosby show. Like, you know how to build a comedy show and the rhythm and like the bop da bop da bop da Totally. But it is funny thinking about this woman that gave us a different world linking up with this guy who gave us <laughs> Sex in the City and the two of them trying to create something in heart. It's like, don't get me wrong. I love both of those shows. Yeah. They exist in entirely separate universes for so many reasons. Right, right, right. That there is something... Not comedic, but like strange, but intriguing about that these two forces came together and brought us whatever the show is. Whatever the show, whatever the season was. Yeah. Well, Susan's of that world. She's of the, she's a socialite. She's, she's a grand dame. Um, so that makes sense in that respect. But I get what you're saying. Like, yes. Yeah. It's like, yeah. cause I think she could go off with our Nicole Parker and, we could really get a taste of bougie black America. Season three. <laughs> I'm 
Blessing spinoff. But it's like, I almost want, it's like, to your point about like, do Miranda, Carrie, and Charlotte in the Sex and the City universe know and interact with Black people? I feel like that, that awkwardness would be fun to bring into the show. Not in the Miranda corny, like what they were trying with season one. I think there's something, like there's something to play with that in an interesting way. They were not willing. But they, yeah, they were unwilling. They made it too much of like Miranda being like, such an idiot. It's like Miranda wasn't the right one for that plot because to your point, it's Charlotte. like the Miranda, exactly. But even Carrie, that would be really fun to watch I Carrie. Actually, I like, think so too because I think, well, the it Char- girl who's like suddenly, who's canceled. Yeah. I mean, come on. Like that would be, <laughs> oh, that would be so on point though. And also like the dissonance with like Carrie not understanding cancel culture to begin with and then why she's right, canceled, right, 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 right. having she's to claw her way out of cancellation. I would have, listen, are you, are you writing season three? I have so many. It's like, it's one of my favorite sort of like activities is to just like in my Fan mind fiction. be like, yeah, like this is well, what we could have, like right. what we could have done with season one and two, what we could do with season three. No, I feel you on that. I do think it was smart for her to be a podcast host and I wish that they had kept that going. Yeah, but just going back to what we were saying earlier, it's like her sex negativity in life yes. makes it such where it's like, how is this woman going to host a podcast called Sex in the City because the Carrie event just like that can't even speak about sex in her she private can't even life. Say vagina. Yeah. She can't say vagina. There's a, I mean, now, before we move on to Roni, I just want to know your your highs and lows of the season of and just like that. Mm. Bomb Cyclone was a high. Wh- just why because of the just the Montclair coat? Not even from a fashion perspective. It was so over the top. <laughs> And I thought that it like, it transcended camp in a way yeah, and became yeah. like iconic and yeah. not be- and not because it was so incredible. So I would say, I just love the bomb cyclone. Just the idea of the bomb cyclone is like such a big swing, but such a big, swing. yes. But in a genuine way, my favorite moment of the season was between Seema and Carrie outside of the hair salon. I feel like that was the, that was the scene for many Aww. people that really hit and felt like. I loved Seema standing her ground against Carrie, but right. I also am a Carrie apologist and I appreciated Carrie because in that moment she felt like she wasn't, she was like trying to understand a friend going through an emotion that she wasn't understanding, but she was trying. And I feel like right. people don't give Carrie, people are not quick to give Miss Bradshaw a lot of credit, but I they will don't. give Carrie credit there. And then uh, least favorite, uh, Che's stand-up comedy set eviscerating Miranda. That was really horrible. It was off, and it was awful, awful comedy. Do they not have comedians to write Che's jokes? I think they do. I no, think they do. No, you gotta get like what? To get an SNL or to do that? Like why or are just we? Like, or we just don't need <laughs> don't need it or that. But that, that's Che's character, like, and Che's not going anywhere. Right. Well. Hmm. They spent this whole season making what I thought was such a concerted effort to like soften Che to the audience and like make Che a more likable character. So to then to then have them at this comedy show eviscerating their ex and saying really awful things because they also like were denying Miranda's sexuality. Yeah. Where it's like Che's whole struggle, as we've seen, is for people to understand who they are and accept them for who they are. And here was Che up on stage negating their own ex-partner who is queer. Yeah. We, you know, she's on a journey of figuring out who, who she is. She, Miranda. And so then for Che to erase that, I was like, wait a minute. You fucking yeah. hypocrite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I see you on that. And I, and it was, the thing about it was, it was like, 
this doesn't even land. No, it's not even funny. It's like, it's not funny. It's you're just being nasty right. and cruel. Which, not that I'm a fan of nasty and cruel, but nasty and cruel and funny. Okay, we can talk. Oh, absolutely. That's, that is... <laughs> one of my favorite stand-up comedians. Right, like, like, right, right, right. It's like, that's the whole point. But you got to get the laugh. You got to get the laugh. If you're not getting the laugh, you're just, you're getting Chris Rock. Yeah. <laughs> or or you're getting, you're getting working at the vet. You're getting old Chris Rock. <laughs> old not, Chris Rock. Or new Chris Rock. I love, uh, yeah. I love old Chris Rock. But like, yeah, it's like, you're working at the vet. Shut the fuck well, up. Well, you're collecting those puppies. <laughs> or no, the kittens. The kid. Okay. And, and I just have to add, before we go to Rody, Carrie would have... <laughs> Carrie would never have a cat. Would never. I agree. She would have a dog. Also, her going from like, what is that cat doing in my apartment to like, this cat is now an extension like, of oh, me. It's so cute. Yeah. And I'm like, the the minute that cat gets any fur on your couch, oh yeah, your bed, yeah, your shoes, it's over. See, but like that's okay. Like that's a fun season three plot line though to me. It's like Carrie's got this cat. We did the like, oh, isn't this cute? And then it's like Carrie is knee deep in kitty litter and is like, yes. fuck this fucking shit yes. and does something awful. Like I like that. The cat gets out. Gets out? Oh. Winds up in a. <laughs> oh my God. Winds up in a situation. Yeah, there's a situation. Okay. Okay. No, I totally feel you on that. And I actually wouldn't mind that at or, all. Or like on that same vein, it's like, you know, on the last episode, it's like they have the shot of Miranda at the bar with, I guess, who is her new love interest, Joy. And it's like, oh, I'd yeah. love to see a plot where like Miranda starts drinking again. I love that. Like the realism of like an alcoholic who's toying with the idea of like, can they reintegrate alcohol into their life? Like that to me oh, is yeah, fun yeah, yeah. and real. I mean, th- th- they also like dropped her alcoholism. Yes. Like, she was like, fine. And I was like, oh, okay. Yes. Like, I remember reading an article about it recently and was like, oh, right. She was an alcoholic. Right. I had no, I, we didn't even touch on that this season. She was more like in her mother bag. Yeah. Um, the then you have that. like Miranda going out, getting wasted, leaving her phone in like a, a margarita pitcher. And it's like, shouldn't Miranda be hitting up her friend with like some AA and being like, I think you might have a problem, Charlotte. Again, well, just a fun storyline right, to right, invest right. in. To like, segue. Yeah. It's like, we've got to like acknowledge where we came from. We do. And we have to keep the plot lines going or we have to cut people. Otherwise it's going to be I don't know. It's just a lot of loose ends. Yeah. It's a lot. There's no like one intentionality. Cause I feel like previously the seasons were so based upon, um, something intentional. Mm -hmm. And even those 30 minutes were always like maximized. Tight, tight, tight. Tight. And it was a, it was thematic and you got to it and it was done. And now it's like, we're never getting to the point. And yeah. that's why I'm like so annoyed. Yeah. I always say to people, sorry, and then we can transition. Yeah, already, but, but my final point on this is like, I think why so many of us are so hung up on this show yeah. is because the reason why so many of us at the end of the day, love sex in the city is the writing yes. It is a show yes. that is Stay such airtight writing. Yeah. So economic. And as you say, 30 minutes was able to just do it all. So for this show to have 45 minutes and feel like we never land anywhere, we're constantly hovering. Yeah. That reconciling that reality with the greatest aspect of the former show. I think that's the part that makes it so strange to yeah. consider these shows as in tandem with one another. No, I completely agree. I, I, I Because the reality is those storylines and plot lines are still very relevant today. I can turn on an episode and feel like, and I they hit harder and they hit different because I'm now 40. So it's like, 
oh, like this is what she meant. When I was mm. 21 watching the show, I had no idea what she meant by this. And now I do. So it's like the, you're absolutely right. It, it's it's actually like evergreen and really classic stuff. That And that's why I worry about the show and, it, and its impact on the legacy yeah. of SATC. We can worry together. Girl, but we still be watching it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm not giving up. Listen, I'm on this train. No, like, uh, uh, DM me the other day. Hey, shout out to and she was like, wait, how, what, what's going on? And I was like, yeah, I know. Like, this is, this is it. Like this, we, we watched it so much that this is what happened. But I will say like the girls love to talk about it. Oh, look, we do. We all, we're all like, what? And then so, it's like, like, yes, we did this. We, this is, oh. it's on us. Like we have to own our role in this. Yes. Um, okay. I'm going to segue to Roni before we have to get into audience questions because I could talk to you all day actually about this. <laughs> um, but okay. So Roni new season, first couple episodes, I was not feeling it. I was like, I want to see old unhinged women, you know, be it, be entitled. Yeah. And now I'm invested. Yeah. Now I'm like, okay, so we're on the train and we're going somewhere. We're headed somewhere. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Similar. Like I, there is a, and then just like that quality about Neuroni and thinking <laughs> that like it's of the ilk of its predecessor, but it's something completely different. Okay. Yeah. Like yeah, the yeah. fact that yes. they're calling this Roni season 14 is a little odd because yes. like, it's not Roni. No, it's something new. Yes. And I think they, in some senses did themselves a disservice by tethering it to this very beloved right. show. I mean, yes. Beloved, I mean, I do think it's No, it is beloved. beloved. Like, it is. Yeah, not without criticism, but beloved. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I, I, too, had some adjustment issues. It's funny, though, in thinking about it, because for me, the breakout stars of Roni are Jessel and Aaron, and they were the two I had my eyes on the least I going so into too. this yeah, franchise. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah. I... Obviously knew Jenna. I knew who Cy was. Yes. I was very intrigued by these other women. And yeah. Jess and Aaron were just not popping for me. Yeah. And now I'm like, I need them on my screen. Thank no, God the camera loves them both. Yes, um, But I would say so far, like, yeah, I'm invested. The mid-season trailer wasn't giving. I don't think we have an arc. Ufa? Being like, you're the bitch. Yeah. Oh, no, Aren't I appreciate you, you yeah, activating. Like, oh, oh. Yeah. But I think when you think about some of the great seasons of Housewives, when you think of like particularly Atlanta and New York, mm -hmm. they were driven on like season long arcs. Yes. And I think that or Potomac. I mean, hello. Yes. Like and I think that this show, it's like I don't think we're building to something. And when I say something, it could be as simple as a vow renewal. But like, I don't think we have anything that we're creeping up I got toward. You, like a. Uh, yes. But I think we are situated beautifully I think for a season too. two. Or for for season whatever the 15 next season or yeah. whatever yeah no 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 I completely like agree. the groundwork has been laid the groundwork has been laid we've we've seen um, people coming out I I'd say dark horses mm -hmm. I feel like Jessel is definitely a dark horse yes. I feel like I was not expecting for her to come in the way that she did and be so vulnerable immediately and also controversial. Like which we need, which we which we need, and I, I mean, I kind of just I understand why Aaron, why you say Aaron's a star. She's just, I'll I don't know how we're gonna get past a few things. But I agree with you. How are we gonna? Get, she's a trumper. Yeah, but like so are a lot of the greats of this show. I'm gonna be the one to say that. Like, uh, sorry to say, like I don't Kelly I, Dodd. 
Kelly Dodd, I think, <laughs> is different in that, like, okay, so, like, I do think there's levels to this. Kelly Dodd does not believe that, like, COVID is real. Kelly Dodd would be, like, a proponent of, like, steal the vote, which it's been... Dis- so I think I think where we're at, I could be wrong here, is that Aaron did vote for Trump, but recognizes that Trump lost the 2020 election. Well, why she... Well, but she gave to steal the election, or, or what is it? The so le- my feeling on that is, like, we need to address this in the reunion. If it gets passed up in the reunion... Then oh, I'm, I don't think that they, that they will pass that up. I mean, I'm it's, hopeful It's at all. a very important topic. And she went on a podcast recently and talked about it. And I was like, they kind of gave her a pass. It was like a girl that like went to her same high school. She like both went to Beacon and like the girl just like threw her like a, right. a lob. And she was just like, I mean, you know, here's my practice PR spiel. There was no follow up question right. of like, okay, but like. 2020 is not long ago. Right. No. <laughs> it's three years ago when you were filming in 2022. Yeah, like, as you say that, I'm kind of like, well, like, Vicky denied COVID. And I'm okay with Vicky. I, I don't know where I stand on this. I feel like it's very I, I'm, I'm, ethically ambiguous for me because I remember when the calls were coming during Roni season 14 or 13 to fire Ramona. Yes. I was very much of that, like, yeah, let's fire her. But I think for me that came more from like exhaustion of the Ramona storyline than feeling like I'm okay with bad behavior. I don't need to like my housewives. The the, the stop the steal thing. It's tricky, right? Cause my instinct is to be like, yeah, I don't want to see anyone on my screen that's supporting this BS, but I'm also like loving Aaron. When I say loving, I don't mean like I want to like hang out with Aaron, (laughs) but I mean that loving in the sense of like the bus is like moving when Aaron is in it. Because she has so much controversy. And I had to look up her, um, and controversy, I mean, with, like, everybody else. Yeah. She, she is, she's activated. She's activated. She left the dinner, or the wreath-making wreath yeah. wreath breakfast or whatever. I don't know what that was. That was Bryn. Who I do, I love Bryn. I like Bryn, too. I think she's, I think she's fab. But I just was worried, um, yeah. I think I was getting worried about, I don't know. I she represents a part of New York that I just don't want to see. <laughs> she she represents perfectly the like right wing New York, rich New York that I refuse to believe exists, but actually does exist. But I just don't want that represented on on Roni. But I'm and one thing I am mitigating is the idea of not liking people, but knowing that they're good for the show. Mm-hmm. And like Nene Leakes taught me that because she's like, I don't like Kenya. Mm-hmm. Like she's pretty honest about that, but she's like, Kenya's a star or star, has star potential. And she makes great television. Yeah, She doesn't like Kim, but she wants to be back on screen with Kim because she knows that they make those moments. So yes. And that's also I a think credit Aaron's to like long. why you need your Nene's in the mix too, because yeah. you need people that, can recognize it's like as important as the Kenya is, is yeah. is as important as the Nini to recognize that quality and say, I don't like you, mm-hmm. but I'll fuck with you for yes. this show. Yes. yes. Which is why Bethany again was so critical to Roni, especially Bethany's relationship with people like Ramona and Lou. Yes. Because yes. Bethany was get Bethany is game, whether you like her or not, she is game and she recognized game. Game and she was a showrunner. Yeah. We we all know that. I, I mean, I, I could go, yeah, Bethany, ah! co- complicated woman. I used to love and ride for Bethany, but now she just it's hard seems, to ride for. She seems very unhinged. I don't know what her, th- this, uh, 
this lawsuit that she's bringing up against. What are your thoughts? Last thoughts before we get into audience questions. I know. Um, my last thoughts on the lawsuit. I think that at the root of her intention is good. But what do you think spurred it? Dis- I think a disgruntled former employee. <laughs> but I don't hold that against her in the way that I see other people doing it. Okay. Because like a lot of class action lawsuits or like or lawsuits that are bigger than the person just bringing them forward come from that very place. Like someone was disgruntled because of their own situation and then started investigating and sniffing around and were like, oh, other people have dealt with other things that are different and bigger or whatever. So I'm not all about, I'm not like, I have a many issues with Bethany that everything from her TikTok to like how she's going about this lawsuit. But again, I can recognize a kernel of like good, good intention when I see it. I think she definitely, I agree with you. Like there, there is an intention to, of course, make sure that people are unionized. Yeah. And people in reality TV are mistreated. Like that is not, that, that part is real. If you watch Summer House, you know, these people are just drugged. It's like... That's just period. But um, I agree with you in the sense of it's something happened where she felt rejected. Yeah. And I felt and and replaced. And she was like, no, because she and Andy are like this. And that's why Nene leaks and Bethany, what if they teamed up? I don't think that they would because I don't think Bethany or excuse me, I don't think Nene wants to fuck with Bethany. And I think Nene is more Nene is in a place of wanting peace i sense i just think it's interesting that well at least publicly wanting peace. well publicly wanting peace because i think that nini leaks should stop being blackballed and like definitely needs her own show and all these types of things um also it's interesting that nini leaks sued andy cohen around this time last year like we were talking about that so it was like recently it was either 2021 2022 and they and people dragged her and now Little Miss Bethany comes along and it's become like a thing. Mm -hmm. So we have to really take a look at how those two people and those two women are treated differently. Absolutely. They have this similar complaint. Absolutely. It's kind of crazy and obvious. And one could say it's like the two of them really are the defining women of Bravo. You can maybe add LVP, a few others into the mix. But at the end of the day, if it's, if, you know, Mount Rushmore is just two heads it's Bethany and Nini. Absolutely. And Teresa. Different. Like, yes, I but like know. not that Nini and Bethany were able to make money, like, able to capitalize on oh, the I, show. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like Teresa, for most people, is just famous for like a table flip. Like that is the thing. And going to jail. Whereas, and going to jail, yeah. I went to jail. Whereas like I think Nini and Bethany like <laughs> clocked in and like gave us season long, seasons and seasons of performances. I agree. And they still would. Given the chance, but let's not go there. Let's just focus on the new Roni. I'm focused. And like, yeah. Okay, we're going to go to some audience questions. I could talk about this with you. And you'll again, you'll have to come back on. I'd love to. You know what, though? Someone said to me, and it was like a really big compliment, was that this girl was like, I don't watch the show, but I watch you and Evan's takes on it. And that, and that's enough for me. I Yeah, I love that. And I was like... Although it's like, I wish I could remove myself from my own brain to experience the show vis-a-vis people like us. You know what I mean? Like I want her vantage point on all of this to like try and like piece together these shows without watching them through like recappers. Yes. And like feel, there's almost a weird pressure too. 
that sometimes I get a little like, oh my gosh, but I, so I haven't done it. Right. One. Cause it's like, we like the things like, like for instance, it's like, I would say it's like Jessel is carrying Roni on, on its back. And it's like, it would be funny for someone to watch the show. And like, there's a, there's a view of that where it's like, what are you talking about? Right. It's like, you got to, there's like Spanish language that comes out. Yes. When it's like, yeah. Yeah. We see it from a different point of view. Yeah. We're like, no, no, Cause no, like no. once you lock in with Jessel, it's like, I'm locked in. I'm so totally it's like, locked in. it's the Jessel show for me. But I understand like that's, there's an element of hyperbole behind my oh, absolutely. way I'm there's watching an element it. Because when you say Aaron was a star, Nini would be like, she's star less. Okay. <laughs> can we say, can we wrap on Roni just by saying, yes. I don't think any of these six women if, using the Nini Leaks metric are stars. Jenna Lyons. I don't think she's a star. I think Jenna Lyons, if she's more honest mm-hmm. and more open by that, I mean, I think she is. I don't think that um, Psy is, I, she just comes off so mean. Yeah. Like not fun mean. Like either. criticizing Jenna's like, sponsored gift. It's yeah, like, I was like, who cares? And also of an, all people. <laughs> you're an actual influencer. Yeah. You hawk product for yeah. a living like also well, jenna wasn't asking you to like unbox it on camera and name every single tag. brand she was like these brands sent this to me i did a collaboration with measury like, yeah and i'm proud of it do you not want it yeah i'll take it yeah that was weird she's a hater bro yeah no no i don't like her i th- i said it <laughs> Okay, but I need her on this show. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like me just being like, so let's just talk. Roll tape. (laughs) You know? (laughs) She'd be like, what? Um, Okay, let's get into these audience questions. So um, MSBS Spectacle said, will you finally watch P-Valley as Iris suggested since And Just Like That is over? Yes, absolutely. Uh, For those who don't know, I got clocked by Ira recently on an episode of Keep It. Uh And he said he was uh, had enough of the white women of and just like that and white lotus on my timeline oh. and wanted to see some P Valley, so oh. it's absolutely on the docket. Oh. But I appreciate being held accountable. Period. I mean, you know, P Valley is really great. No, and honestly, it's, it's like I miss. It's like I need people like Ira that put this shit in front of me and tell me to watch it. And then, so absolutely, I think you're gonna really enjoy it. I watched it during COVID, and it really brought me back to life. And it should be nominated, but yeah. But, um, I, th- this is from, I am faith C. I think we just need an overall Aiden and Carrie combo because I'm starting to think he's toxic. I mean, we kind of, yeah, I think we cover, but like, cover. yeah, no one, no one out there is like shipping Aiden and Carrie in 2023. Any yeah. of us that are, if there might be residual shipping from yes. 2002, um, but yeah, I mean, like, this is not a good, they're not in a good place. And this is not a good relationship for either of them. I would like to see some new men. New men. Like, and and I want the same development. Yeah. You know, you yeah. meet them randomly and then you guys hit it off and you start getting to pop in and let's see what's happened. Yeah. I don't want to see Aiden again. No, I think we've, I think we sunsetted it in season six. I think so And then too. we brought him back for movie two. And we brought him back for just like that. And it's like... If, yeah. he, if you cannot... This is just a piece of advice. If you cannot go... If your man cannot come to your house, then that's not your man. Yep. That is... Like, period. Like, period, period. This is not your man yeah. at all. Yeah. Um. So... And if he makes you decide to move apartments, it's definitely not your man. That's a manipulator. Unless he's putting up the money for it. Oh, period. Which... 
I don't think that was happening. No, it wasn't. <laughs> you could buy me a house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot can happen if you buy me a house. <laughs> we, have, we have no principles. <laughs> no. There's a house. We're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do whatever you want. We were talking about that earlier. Um, Brooke MP says, what will be the fall trends he will be wearing? Is he going to write another book? Uh, Voltrans I'll be wearing. I'm not trendy in that sense. I pretty much stick to, I have a few brands that are like my go-tos. I would say the brand that's like most, oh, I will tell you. I am very curious to see uh, 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 former Givenchy, three names, uh, Claire Waite Keller. I'm very excited to see Claire Waite Keller's collaboration with Uniqlo. I am all about, and Roger Roger Federer and Jonathan Anderson are doing something for Uniqlo, which I'm very curious about. Like together? Yeah. It's Roger Federer's first venture into like performance wear. Um, I'm into anything collaboration. I am not looking to throw down funds. Yeah. So anytime <laughs> that these these big wigs step up, oh Peter Doe is doing a collaboration with with J Crew. I'm banana. Yeah. Oh, excuse me, banana. Sorry. Thank you. Um, very curious to check that out. So anytime that designers are linking up with brands in which people like me can afford, then, then I'm sort of have my eye out. So that is what's on my purview book two. I don't know. I think about it, but like, I wish there was more money in books. I mean, I don't even know yet. I need to still finish mine. I mean, I get it. It's a lot of work. You're like for little. No, I I would love to write another book, but for right now I'm having a good time sticking to the articles. Right, 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 right. Gives me more flexibility. No, absolutely. I mean, a book, I have been writing my book proposal for four or five years. And you know what, too? I, there are some things, because a book is forever, and I there are some things I said in my last book that I look back at now, like, what, two years later? And I'm like, that was really not, not great. This is also true, which so, is why probably I am taking the longest time of all time. I get it. It's not I, a new I one. maybe should have taken it longer <laughs> with mine. How long did it take you to write it? I only had like nine months. What? It was really quick. It came together really quickly. That's crazy. And it, it was like over 60 interviews because I was interviewing yeah. the cat. I mean, yeah, it was a lot. And then mind you, the allegations about the career of the show came out midway through making right. the book. Yes. So it was like that through everything. So I had a lot of people that were like, oh yeah, this is so exciting. And just the overall tone of the interviews and the tenor of the book completely shifted because it became right. like Buffy became very... At that time, especially, it was like shameful yeah. to love it because yeah. people were, we were still grappling with the question of separating art from artists kind of thing. So I think even like process wise, like I would love to like do a show, not Sucks in the City, but like a show where people loved making the show. I think that would elicit a fun book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had it's a good just experience. the vibe. Yeah. I and mean, also like the men of Buffy, like disgusting. I don't know. Are they. That guy, what's the guy's name? Which one? David Boreanaz? Yeah. No, he's good. He's That's good. what I thought. No, we like him. Okay, I was like, he seemed great. But then, what was the other guy? Spike? Spike. James Marsters. Tricky. Tricky. But he wasn't the worst. <laughs> Who was the worst? Nicholas Brendan. The, oh, the yeah. nerd. Uh, no. He, it was nerdy. The professor? Um, no, the I like I liked him. He said some few problematic things. No, we love him. We like him. No, Nicholas Brennan was the best friend. Right. Kind of nerdy. Yeah, nerdy. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. He's been arrested quite a few times in real life. Yeah. So. I didn't know this. Yeah. Buffy drama. Yeah. Oh, God. Anyway, but so, yeah. Second book, maybe. Okay. All right. Um, What else do we got? Um... Yes, this is this is kind of a deep one. Has he been wedding planning, and how has he been doing on 
his grief journey since his dad passed. Really loved his episode talking about that's from Brooke MP. Wow. That's a gosh. big one. Um, is, do you ever have this thing where it's like in our line of work, we, we, we're, we put stuff out all the time. I don't know about you, but like, I'm never like thinking that like anyone's receiving it. And then right. it's like, in moments like that, you're like, oh, wow. Like, thank you for hearing me. Yes. Um, grief journey, journey. Um, it's always, you know, it's always difficult with like landmarks, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. like, like tomorrow or yeah. Yeah. Tomorrow is my parents' wedding anniversary. Wow. That's like difficult. Father's right. day was tricky, but right. I'm also like constantly learning about how many people I know are living with grief. Right. Um, so it's one of those things where I think that sharing about it, I found really cathartic and then hearing about others. So, you know what, maybe yeah. I do need to read Carrie's grief book, you know, maybe that would help me. Um, and then on the wedding front, so we have selected a venue, we have a date, we're currently on florals and, uh, figuring out save the date. we progress has been made. I'm like trying very hard to not become wedding brained. I don't think you, you had, you didn't bring it up to me. I brought it up to you. That's true. Usually girls were like, oh my God, here's my Pinterest board. And, yeah. and Which they, by the way, that's a whole, like, it's like, what's funny, every call we've had with the floors is like, do you have your Pinterest board? And I'm like, oh my God. Um, so yeah, but so far we've had fun. It's like, yeah. Billy and I were doing like, we have like every Saturday at 9 a.m. We do like a meeting. Like we have a, oh. a time on the calendar for a check-in because I wanted boundaries around the fact that like, if we're out for dinner or something, like I want there to be dedicated wedding you. talk time. I and I didn't want it to like find its way into every experience. So sometimes it'll be like, oh, I really will see something out and about. Like, oh, I love that color scheme. We should, and it's like, write it down. Oh, it's like, write it down. Yeah. Save it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll yeah, talk yeah. about it later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's been healthy so far. But like, no, check I in with me in a month. <laughs> I, I, I actually really do like like and appreciate that you have to put like boundaries on things like this especially something that's so can be yeah exactly and they're cost so much money (laughs) god (laughs) i know i'm like let's just run away my sister-in-law they were like gonna do a little something and they decided not to because they wanted to save money for their house yeah and i'm like hmm I mean, I'm not against that because I I would rather a, a really wonderful house and we can I can have like a nice small ceremony. Yeah, yeah, in I, yeah somewhere. Yeah, I'm not mad about that. I'm not mad I'll about it either. Nights. I think I might end up being mad about the fact that I don't have that. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> no, about. exactly. I would be so mad. Don't get me started. I need a house. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you and Miranda. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm like girls. Come on now. In Brooklyn. Um, okay. Brooke MP also asks best and worst besides Che on a, we kind of went into this just like that. His other fave shorts. Um, yeah. Least favorite Wyatt, but then also I just, I can't stand Lisette. (laughs) But I really, Lisette drives me crazy. I just uh, not developed. Well, I don't need her developed. And she's not, she's not giving like a it girl, on the on the way up. Guys. I just don't want to like I don't need 20 somethings inhabiting the world event just like that unless they're being like cruise like I like the depiction of the influencer that in- interviewed Carrie about the book. Yeah, it's true. Like that is how I want and just That's like real. that to approach That's very like real. you know, Gen Z. Yeah. But I just was I don't like I just I don't like Lisette. I think just Lisette's undeveloped and I think um she doesn't really she's so sweet. Whereas I think probably a young Carrie, because that's what she's supposed to be, yeah. right? I think a young Carrie was probably like sassier and kind of, you know. Chain smoking. Chain smoking and like 
forgetting to lock the door at the bottom of the apartment building, like shit like that. Yeah. Okay. I want gritty. I want a little grittier, a little, she's like, oh my God, Carrie, I'm going to live in this house. And you're like, she was also in the show. They had HBO show on um, skateboarders. Uh I don't know if you ever watched Uh it. She was cute on it, but I don't know if she has the range. The range. (laughs) They canceled that, honey. They canceled that show. (laughs) Um, (laughs) They really did. Last thoughts. Anything? Anything? <laughs> final, my final, final thoughts. No, I'm just so happy to be here. Thank adore you. you. I'm so glad you're you. doing this. Yes. And I think more March on in the world is better for the world. I think so too. <laughs> I'm glad I, you think I'm that. I'm so humble. No, I'm really glad that we did this because we're two loudmouth Aries. It's true. Who are very opinionated about pop culture and just met on the internet. It's true. And the rest is history. The rest is history. Well, the rest I, on camera right now. <laughs> they, they need, listen, Bravo, hit us up. Yeah, seriously. We'll do some some recap. What was that show they used to do where they, the people sat on the couch, <laughs> like the people's couch, right? It's like revive the people's couch with you and I. I would love to like bring back like, <laughs> yeah. co- you know, how like there was like when we were growing up, like co- like DVD commentary. Yes. Do you remember yes, that? Yes, and it's yes, like yes, now, yes. it's like I'd yeah. like to bring something like that back where like you and I watch an episode of Roni or something and yeah. commentate over top of it and they just like turn down the volume while we're talking. I Where did that go? That um, was really big in like, like the you, early 2000s. It's like YouTube now. Yeah. You can do it live on YouTube. Yeah. Because people want a live taping of me mm-hmm. watching Roni and I'm like, mm, I have to like metabolize. Yeah, I feel the same way. And then I, I have, have to and metabolize. And then I can come back to you with like a critique. Yes. It's like you don't want my off the cuff, like I need to process, metabolize, come back. I'll give you something. Yeah. Right afterwards, it's like I'm processing. I'm pro- and there's like things that come to me later. I, I often watch them twice. Uh, yeah. No, I I, I have to. You have the to. first time I miss entire details and plot points and characters. Yeah. Guys, just watch with us. Please. Just watch So on this week's Ask Auntie, Hey R. Dache asks, I'm building a closet. You have a great one. How do we create one of our own reflecting ourselves? Um, well, thank you, first off. Um, to quote little Kim, I take fashion seriously. It's a hobby and I take it seriously. Um, but I would also say that fashion and closets are just a constant evolution because personal style reflects who you are and where you are. Um, so I think as one's personal style and their closet develops, I think they should run along how you've learned to, to know yourself and how you want yourself reflected physically and, and outwardly. And that's what I always try to do. Um, when I'm shopping, I'm like, does this really, um, speak to me or does it speak to a trend that I'm trying to emulate or a person that I'm trying to emulate, because that's another thing. Sometimes we can like something on somebody else, but then we get it and we're like, this is not made for me. Like what? No. So not everything is made for me. Um, and I, and I also, I take that into account when I'm building a closet or shopping or anything. So I guess one of the first things to do is make sure you know what your size is. Don't play around. Find yourself a good tailor and know your sizing, know your measurements because you don't want to buy something. It comes, it's, you're so excited and it's just disappointing. You want to find stuff that flatters your form, that makes you feel like 
you and and makes you feel like the best version of yourself, no matter what it is. It could be a t-shirt or it could be like a ball gown. You want it to be a reflection of who you are and where you are. So make sure it fits, first off. Um, For me, I also, I love color. So a lot of my closet is very, very colorful. That may not be the same for you. You may be a minimalist. You may just like, you know, tonal colors, whatever. Find what fits for you um, when it comes to color, because I think that's something that's often forgotten about, but like what can work with other things colors wise? What's the palette that we're trying to go off of? Um, Another thing is silhouette. You have to think about how like maybe when you look at an outfit, maybe like the, the silhouette rather than the actual pieces. So you might like a large top and a small bottom or a small top and a large bottom. And that way you can kind of start building um, pieces and buying pieces that kind of replicate that silhouette that you're trying to go after. I also love to mood board. I'm such a nerd. Uh, this is like the Virgo inside of me. I will get an a Google, what are those things? Like it's like a it's like a Google Doc, like a deck. I will build out a deck of like my mood of who I'm feeling, pictures that I've seen, screenshots in my phone. And I will just all put it on a mood board. So that way I can kind of streamline my purchases because that way I'm not just making purchases that are way too emotional and not actually essential. I want to cull and curate a look and a feel and 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 an energy for the season. Um, I also think cleaning your closet is really important too because, I mean, not only is it sustainable, but... It's also a good indicator of what you already have. So why you don't need to be going out and getting more of the same thing. I think that's probably, I I do that like at least twice a month because my shit gets that packed every single time. Um, And if you can't see the clothes you have, that's another thing. Then you don't know what, I've forgotten about stuff. And that's a bad sign. I forgot about this dress I had this beautiful Marnie dress. I forgot about it. And my homegirl was like, oh, remember that dress you wore? And I was like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. I was like, oh my gosh, yes. I have. I only wore it once. And she's like, yeah, it's so beautiful. I found it in my closet because it was just jam-packed in between other clothes. And I took it to the tailor to have it fixed because it needed just a little stitching on the side. And I'm going to wear that at Fashion Week. I mean, you know, because why do, would I go and buy another dress? So I think those are things you have to consider when you're building out a closet, I hope this has been helpful. I could go on and on about this for a long time, but I hope those things help you. Hey, R.J. and other people who are out there being a fashion girly. Well, that's it, folks. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I hope you are walking away with plenty of nuggets to sink your teeth into. So much love to our guest, Evan Ross Katz, and our sponsor, Cash App. Your favorite auntie is produced by Narinda Eid, and our engineering today is provided by WTF Studios. Until next time, Auntie Center Love. If you enjoyed this episode and want to support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. To stay up to date with Auntie and all my shenanigans, you can follow me on Instagram at your favorite Auntie Show and at Marjan underscore Carlos and on TikTok at your favorite Auntie Show. If you want more Auntie Pro tips in between episodes, please subscribe to our Substack newsletter, Notes from Auntie's Desk. Until next time, Auntie sends her love. Mm-hmm.